What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my literal corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Thank you for joining. If you are the, this is the second time you've joined me today. Uh, Of course, every episode of Crossover Commerce is presented by Ping Pong Payments. What is Ping Pong Payments? Where we're a cross-border payment solution, helping people keep more of their, save more of their time and money when it comes to sending or receiving funds. What's that look like? Pay your suppliers, your manufacturers, or your distributors with localized currency. It's really easy. It's free to sign up, and you're going to put percentage points back to your bottom line, which, of course, makes everyone happy. If you're an entrepreneur just getting started, or if you're growing your business internationally, you're going to want to check out Ping Pong Payments. Go ahead and go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast to go ahead and sign up for free and catch all past one or 217 episodes again we've done this already once today on linkedin facebook youtube and twitter and today is number lucky number two just because we're a local uh, a global company we're going to go on the other side of the world this morning we were talking to california now we're going to be talking to japan and bringing back friend of the show the one the only gary wong of seven figure seller summit if you haven't heard of seven figure seller summit where have you been at they have been continuous or the consistently over the past two years, I think, plus ranked as the number one virtual summit when it comes to Amazon and e-commerce sellers. That's right. This is the number one ranked summit, virtual summit, I should say, that everyone continuously says great content, great value, worth my time, money, and effort. And we wanted to bring on Gary to over the course of his research and his understanding and his expertise, bring it back this year and uh, talk about some of the learnings he took away from the top sellers for 2022. And of course, share some of that content with you. So we're going to kind of buzz through this today, a short, sweet, little little pull behind the curtain, if you will, episode uh, 218 of Crossover Commerce. So just wanted to, leading up to the Seven Figure Seller Summit, welcome Gary Wong of Seven Figure Seller Summit. Gary, thank you for joining on Crossover Commerce once again. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. I'm super excited to be back, and it's great to be here. Yeah, well, you you said it's the third meeting of the day. My man, it's it's early for you, but you this is your time to shine. We were talking about this pre-show. This is your busy year where you're putting on this great content where lots of different sellers all over the world are contributing to. I know we're excited to be part of it once again, but uh, what's it like once again? to This is this. Sixth summit, fifth summit. What was some of the six? Okay, I was gonna this say this is what, number six. Uh, six. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have yes. to add another seven to <laughs> next year's summit. That's gonna be yes. a great tongue twister. I love that. Uh, yes, yeah. For people who, uh, for people who may not be aware of the summit, for for example, if they're new to e-commerce or they're just trying to grow their business, uh, tell us how this kind of got started. This iteration of of, of a virtual summit. How did this come about? Yes. So I'm a seller myself. Um, I've been selling on Amazon ever since about 2015, 2016. And, um, you know, I've been building my own e-com business over time. I actually first got started in e-com in the mid 2000s, around 2005, I started selling on eBay. So, I mean, eBay was like the Amazon, like 
15 years ago and you know the whole landscape has changed but i first created seven figure seller summit in 2018 um at that time um, I would fly to a lot of in-person events because I always try to learn from other successful sellers, right? Just stay ahead. But then we had a life-changing event. My wife and I got pregnant with our son and she was expecting and I was grounded. So I couldn't physically fly out to- You were grounded. I was grounded, <laughs> literally. Like in trouble, yeah. Yes, yes. So I thought rather than being left behind on the sidelines, why not invite the seven figure sellers to teach me online what they're doing and to teach everyone else online. So that was the creation story behind seven figure seller summit. We launched it in 2018 August, and this is the sixth edition of seven figure seller summit It's really designed to help Amazon and e-commerce sellers build scale and exit their businesses for seven figures. So we have a super stacked lineup. We have about 30 speakers. And um, this year we feel that, uh, the theme is 2022 is the wild west in e-commerce right really? so on yeah. one hand you know we have all of these golden opportunities you know amazon's blowing up e-commerce continues to boom um it exits especially amazon businesses are red hot so um, you were seeing multiples 5x to even 7x which is insane but on the other hand there's all these potential pitfalls just like the wild west right there's a lot of uncertainties the rules are changing amazon tos rules are changing supply Supply chain, the perfect storm, like the, the high shipping costs are continuing and PPC costs are increasing, um, you know, increased competition, you name it, right? So we're really inviting real seven figure sellers and e-commerce experts to show how they're surviving and thriving in 2022. So that's the real mission for our summit this year. That's a great topic. I, I, I want to, I think I heard this too. A lot of people call 2014 and 15 the wild west of e-commerce and it kind of comes full circle, right? With the, the perfect storm of all these uncertainties, like you mentioned, just hopefully no one's going to get into like, uh, like, uh, what was it as the draws or the, uh, the stick em ups or any like fights in the West or the saloons or anything like that. Yeah. No one gets into fights. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's inevitable because even if you don't want to, sometimes that bad guy just comes around the corner. It could be, you know, it could be, uh, an Amazon suspension or it could be, um, you know, this, that, and the other things. So, um, sure. You might have yeah. to fight for your business and, and, and that makes yeah. a lot of sense too. Uh, yeah. But since you talk to so many people, that that's amazing that you can just tap into your network and, and you can grow something like that. Where it's, uh, hey, I, I think what you have 40, 40 speakers. Is that is that correct? I, I we have about th thirty speakers. Wow. Um, yeah. I've interviewed over like one hundred fifty three, like since the last event. And um, yeah, I'm just super fortunate to be in this position where I'm able to kind of um you know almost like have a virtual coffee with a seven-figure seller or like an eight-figure seller that exited their business learn about you know their superpowers and also you know uncover some of the mistakes they made along the way i mean i'm always fascinated by that because you know as the saying goes a, a smart person learns from their mistakes a wise person learns from the mistakes of others so you know we're really sharing a lot of these real world stories of sellers um, you know building scaling and exiting and i think that you know just maybe being able to see around that corner, you know, what that other seller did. Oh, you know, that's something I got to watch out for. I, you know, I don't want to make that same mistake myself as a seller. So I think that's, you know, super valuable. And again, you know, as you mentioned, Ryan, we were very grateful that we were voted favorite Amazon conference in, um, 
seller poll t- two years in a row. Actually, it's both online and offline. So we right. only have one vote and um, we were voted the winner. So every conference we get about 3,500 people that register to attend. Um, you can get a free pass you know, anywhere in the world where you are. So, you know, if you're in the States or Europe or Australia, Singapore, um, you know, India, Japan, um, you know, it's open to everyone. So I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah, well, and, and that's the beauty of e-commerce. I'm going to reshift around on my street, see it real quick. Uh, that's the beauty of e-commerce, and that's because it is international, and it, it not everyone has the exact playbook, but if you collectively, like you said, you've interviewed 150-plus people since the last summit, you start to paint a really nice picture of what's working, what's not working, and what's going to be successful moving forward. Amazon's not stagnant. It's constantly shifting. You are a seller as well or still are you still selling i always forget if you're i'm still selling selling. i am still selling and i'm you know i'm I'm in this myself and you know juggling the summit as well i mean that that's one (laughs) of the things as well i mean not to jump ahead but you know a quick sneak preview that's that's one of the the top takeaways as well so there well that makes sense let's jump right into it you have some talk takeaways i think you mentioned beforehand six i would like to hear uh what, what you have for us and all the listeners who are tuning in today Absolutely. And again, these are just my personal takeaways after interviewing all these seven figure sellers and e-com experts, you know, everyone is unique in their business, in their journey. Um, so for me, the the first takeaway has to do with mindset. And, you know, day one of the summit is all about the mindset and the fundamentals of a seven figure seller. And especially right now in the Wild West, you know, things are very unpredictable, changing so fast. I feel that resiliency speed is almost like an execute or die mindset right you can't just like skate on by anymore and it's almost like going back to the wild west it could be like a duel like a shootout right sometimes that bad guy that competitor or that that rule change or that new increase in like the shipping price you have to react very quickly right otherwise you need to pivot quickly you got to focus on the speed um if you're too slow to react you kick you could get blown away you know, um, you know, there's a lot of um, competition out there, you know, with the big aggregators, you, you know, it's very difficult if you're just going to be really slow to react. So, you know, one example with this is with launch strategies, right? So, you know, late last year, Amazon had their terms of service change, no more rebates allowed, no more uh, search find buy allowed. So, you know, if you, if some sellers, you know, use that before, if they uh, use the same strategy today, you could risk getting suspended. Right. So the rules are changing just like in the Wild West. So um, we've invited seven figure sellers to share their updated 2022 launch strategies. Uh, like Chris Rawlings, he's a seven figure seller. Um, his his new launch strategies doesn't use any of the, the rebates and search find buy. Uh, we're seeing other sellers like Sharon Evan, who is a seven figure seller based in Israel. Um, she's focusing her launch strategies using PPC. So she's sharing about a PPC launch with buying intent in mind. So we're seeing we're seeing sellers really adapt. Um, you know, I feel like successful sellers are kind of like speedboats, right? They pivot very quickly in the waters. Um, they're, you know, like that fast shooter, you know, reacting very quickly so they can come out on top. So I would say number one is really the, the execute or die mindset, really resiliency and speed. You can't just skin on by anymore. I love that. that that's a great mindset. And, and Chris obviously te- had great teachings with, I believe, uh, uh, with, with his brain, but also with, uh, the Titan Network, and then Sharon, obviously friend of the show. Uh, we yes. have great episodes with her, and then just great content. So, yeah, like you said, there there's a mentality change that Amazon had of 
uh, you can't do this anymore with launching new products. You got to adapt and change. I like the speedboat mentality. Uh, definitely on the same page. Uh, top takeaway number two, Gary. Yes. Takeaway number two is one thing that really surprised me, Ryan. You know, traditionally, there's that saying, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you want to diversify, spit out your risk. But after talking to these seven-figure sellers and e-com experts, um, one thing that surprised me is that successful sellers are focusing. They're just focusing on one to two things that they can do really well. You know, maybe it's their superpower. And then they, they outsource all of the other things. They don't get distracted. Okay, so... Um, for example, you know, there's, um, you know, there's all these different shiny new objects out there, right? I mean, there, there's that new, um, maybe that new, um, you know, social networking thing, or there's this new opportunity. But I find that successful sellers, they really focus on one to two things. And um, one of the sellers that I interviewed was John Elder. He's a seven-figure seller who recently exited his business for mid seven figures um, in his session at the summit from a seven to five job to a seven figure exit. He shared his story. Um, it really took him a solid five years to build up his business to that level before he could exit. And um, rather than getting distracted by shiny new objects, he really focused on the one and two things that he did well. And for him, his main mission for his business was to research the right products to add to his product line and also to launch them successfully. He did them the right way. He didn't use any of uh, the black hat tactics. Okay. Um, and then one thing that um, really impressed me was he was working full time for a solid three years as he was building his business and he had a newborn uh, uh, in his family. So him and his wife had their hands full and, you know, he, he focused on those one, two, two, two things. And, you know, he had to make some sacrifices, right? He sacrificed his lunch break, you know, during lunch, everyone else went out, he sat in front of his computer and answered, you know, customer messages, you know, at night, he sacrificed Netflix, he sacrificed going to the gym, right? He even, you know, had to explain it to his wife, honey, I, I got to spend one hour um, talking to my Chinese supplier overseas, right, to, to really build up the business. So he sacrificed a lot, you know, he felt like he got up to a certain level, he was really burnt out. Uh, but he really focused on those one to two things. Um, rather than spreading himself too thin, you know, with Amazon, Amazon business, he outsourced uh, his PPC. So he said, rather than spend hours and hours, you know, digging through all of the data and reports, he outsourced it out that saved him time. So he can focus on growing his business. He outsourced his bookkeeping. Right. You know, you, it's very important that you got to know your numbers, especially if you want to exit. So he outsourced that out as well. So I mean, I feel the key takeaway, um, he really focused on growing his business. It took him a solid five years. He focused on just the one to two things, you know, focused on adding products to his line, researching new products, making sure they launch successfully, not neglecting them. Um, and then ultimately he was able to exit his business for mid seven figures. Yeah, John. John's a fantastic. We've had him on too, um, with, with his company and his new consultancy. And it, it, it does take focus, like you said. You can get shiny object syndrome and and pivot one way. You want to be on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or not just on social media. You want to be on which marketplace. And yeah. there, there's too many different ways to to get lost in all this, and it is difficult in that notion to to just really buckle down and focus. I think I saw something recently of, hey, emerge like head down nose to the grindstone for six months and then emergency what will happen to like don't get distracted with that and i thought exactly of that quote right when you were talking about that gary makes a lot of sense to me 
simple, yeah. but uh, a lot of people do get distracted with what's the new thing that's coming down the pipeline. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. good stuff. Good stuff as all. Um, if I can just add one yeah, more thing to add that point thing, on the yeah. focus, you know, even talking to potential buyers, you know, I interviewed Gwen Sylvester from Thrasio and she says that buyers actually, you know, they like to see that if you're, you know, doing one or two things really well, you know, um, rather than spreading yourself too thin, you know, trying to expand to that new marketplace, you know, maybe if the new marketplace, you, you spend like, you know, dozens of hours every week and you're only adding, you know, one to 2% to the, to the bottom line, I mean, that's not really attractive. I mean, they would much rather, um, you know, someone like a Thrasio would much rather see you focus on your core competency, you know, growing that brand on that main Amazon marketplace. And then even though you may have some quote unquote weaknesses, I mean, those could be opportunities for an aggregator to come in to fill those gaps because they have their team of experts, right? To you know, bump up your supply chain or bump up your PPC, whatnot. Right. So it's actually it could play to your favor and that it could be making your business more attractive if you really, you know, just focus on those one, two, two things. So it actually it comes full circle because if a lot of sellers, you know, are thinking about exiting, you know, it, it may be beneficial. So this is actually contrary to like, you know, previous years, um, you know, before Amazon business were so high, you know, we're, you know, taught to diversify, you know, expand on, you know, Shopify, expand on Walmart, you know, um, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. I mean, every business is different, but, you know, take a look at your, your main strengths, guys, you know, focus on those one, two, two things to really get that, the highest ROI on your time. Absolutely. Yeah. Almost keep it. It goes back to keeping it simple, keeping it easy. And then like, I mean, very basic nature of going back to the basics. Um, I guess, I guess top takeaway number three, Gary, is that dovetailing to another? Yes, one? yes. So top takeaway number three is something that can really help your business, and that's building a moat around your business. So um, many seven-figure sellers have you know, said outright that they're you know, building a moat around their business or kind of alluded to it. And so if you think of a moat, you know, think of like you know, one of those medieval like castles and you have like that that body of water surrounding it, right? So it's a lot harder for, you know, your, the bad guys to come in to penetrate it, to penetrate your business. And there's many ways that, you know, sellers can do that. Um, you know, uh, some of the, the ways that we've seen in the past at Seven Figure Seller Summit is, you know, some sellers are making their product very hard to copy. You know, one way to do this was with rapid product development using hacks such as 3D printing. Um, you know, it could cut down development times, you know, from weeks to days. You know, our one of our summit speakers, uh, Chris Davey, he's a seven-figure seller based in Shenzhen. You know, he does that with his products. Other ways could include personalization, you know, personalizing your products in ways that your competitors can't. Um, one of our speakers, Jordan Lindbergh, who sells in the funeral product range, um, he, ha he has north of seven figures revenue per year. He offers custom engraving of his products, which are very hard for competitors to duplicate. And then by doing something as simple as that, he can actually mark up his product's price by 30%. You know, think about that. And what if you're able to you know, do a, like a simple tweak to mark up your products by 30%. Um, other ways to build a moat around your product include legal methods such as patents, copyrights, trademarks to really protect your IP from um, unethical competitors. So even if you're not a seven-figure seller, you know, small solopreneurs can use these methods as well at low cost. Um, you know, you can talk to um, lawyers that do this. And, you know, this this is actually, you know, one of the things that can boost your valuation as well. You know, a lot of these things we're keeping the end game in mind, right? You know, having these type of trademarks, IPs, these moats, um, buyers like that, and that can boost your multiple. So it could have like, um, like an 
exponential effect on the on the value of your business. Um, other methods to build a moat include product licensing. This is more advanced tactic to build a moat around your business. Um, Seven-figure seller Paul Miller from uh, he owns Cozy Phones. He told me that you know licensing a big name like you know Disney's Frozen or even like you know George Foreman, you know with those grills back in the day, or even your favorite sports team that not only prevents copycats from selling your product, um, but also has the bonus of immediately getting an audience, you know, fans of these things. So, um, you know, these are all ways to build a moat. And one of my personal favorite ways to build a moat around your business is to build an audience or build like a, a list. And um, Vance Lee and his business partner, they've raised over $980,000 from crowdfunding using Kickstarter, Indiegogo. And then he says that many Amazon sellers, you know, they have a competitive edge in knowing how to do deep customer research and product development with suppliers overseas, but they may be, you know, leaving some of that on the table if they're not building a list, right? So if you were to apply these same skills to crowdfunding in your next product launch, you can instantly build an army of backers with emails that, that you will own, you know, like that's something that Amazon would never share, like the emails of their customers. And if you have that list, you can market to them and then, um, that could be another way to build a customer mode. It's almost like an unfair advantage if you have like, you know, a list that you can launch to every time, right? I mean, versus on Amazon, you don't really have the customer data. So these are all types of product modes that can improve your your business and also your valuation. Um, so this is that would be the the third big takeaway. Yeah, there. Uh, going back to licensing, I remember uh, when I was selling direct to consumer. Back in 2014, 15, our our main objective was, and what got a lot of people excited was licensed sporting goods. So it was anywhere from MLB and NCAA, NHL, you name it. We had a whole de website dedicated to fandom and products that were that sound ridiculous in the notion of like a a garden gnome or a garden flag or something where you slap their logo on there or slap a, a team name on there, gold, and people would just be fanaticized about it. So like you said, license uh, going back to Frozen or Disney or any sort of other licensed product, such a great way to yeah. build a moat around it if you have that relationship and partnership available to you. Yeah, that's right. And then that could, you know, lock out a lot of the the competitors as well, right? Like, you know, you see pretty, very few. Yeah. Pretty yeah, easy very few to yeah, find ripoffs, if you will. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, ripoffs. I mean, yeah, I was going to say ripoffs. Yeah. Uh, anyone that tries to emulate your product, well. If it's licensed, uh, obviously you you can protect yourself in that regards, and they're not licensed to sell your product yeah. in that regard. So it yeah. kind of builds that protection. Yeah, I mean, you, you could file a lawsuit, right? Because you you have the legal right to the product license. You can get that taken down. Absolutely, um, very cool. I mean, as always, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, building that mode, or like you said, protecting that that barrier, your, your treasure, or whatever you want to do to protect the castle, protect your business, makes a lot of sense to me. Um, we got more. I know we're just halfway through this. What what else do we have uh, as your yes. takeaways there? So th this comes to um, number four, and this has to do with scaling. So scaling is the, the focus of day three of the summit. And when I interviewed a group of, I polled a group of about 37 figure sellers recently, um, I asked them, what was the top mistake that you guys made? And another, a number of them admitted that they they hired too late. Right. They hired too late. Um, there were um, one of the the sellers, Egla Radik. She's a seven figure seller based in Estonia. She said that 
Um, that was one of the top mistakes, you know, not hiring soon enough, not outsourcing quicker, you know, trying to be a superwoman, which results in working in your business rather than on your business. And um, she said she admitted, you know, trying to do too much herself is still a problem. But, you know, once she realized that she started to um, she started to list any tasks that she was doing repetitively, like anything that she did like three to four times a month. And I, th I think a lot of people listening out there, I mean, maybe this is something that you guys can, can do as well, right? If you're, if you aren't, you know, outsourcing, if you aren't creating SOPs, anything that you repeat three to four times a month, this will become a list of future tasks for your future um, employees, right? Or your, your contractors. And then by doing this, she was able to begin creating standard operating procedures or SOPs and taught them to her hires. And then she shared in her vision that we as entrepreneurs were actually creators and we are always, you know, our role is to bring more money in. So we're hired to bring in new money. So we need to buy more time. Okay. So that's why we need to hire people to help us. I think that's a, a really great quote. We are hired to bring new money. So we need to buy more time. That's why we hire people. Um, so not only hiring people, but other ways that sellers are saving time as they scale is using um, automation and delegation, right? So automation, there's a number of tools out there um, for e-commerce and Amazon sellers. Um, and then there's also um, services out there as well. You know, one of the tools that I use is um, SentryKit. SentryKit is a tool for Amazon sellers. Literally, it will monitor all of your listings if um, someone changes one of your images or if your listing gets um, suppressed or if it, the category changes. It will instantly flag it and send you an email even before, um, you know, Seller Central will inform you. So um, there was a time a few years ago, one of my listings, um, for some reason, it was it was a kitchen product, but it got reclassified into the adult category and the listing was suppressed. Immediately, I got an email alert from this tool and, you know, it's a lot faster than, you know, checking my listings every day myself or having a VA do it. So I think automation is one of the other uh, ways that you can scale your business to save you time. Um, and other great ways uh, to to scale include delegation. You know, there's um, services out there, for example, um, for Amazon reimbursements. Katita is one of the top services. And according to their founder, you know, most Amazon sellers that they begin to work with can get a reimbursement from Amazon about one to two percent of their annual Amazon re revenue. The reason is because Amazon oftentimes they're not perfect. You know, they'll lose your FBA inventory. They might mismeasure your product size and they will overcharge you as a result. So oftentimes, you you know, sellers, you know, like me, we're so busy, we, we don't have time to audit, you know, all of the numbers. So, you know, you either automating or delegating these things it makes sense, right? So you can get your money back, you can focus on the one or two things that grow your business. Of course, it will it, there was a cost to that. But I think if you keep in mind the big picture, these tools, they can save you time and money. So that way you can scale your business, um, you know, whether it's hiring or automation, this way, you can work on your business and not in your business. And, you know, this is especially true in 2022, because we have so many new tools out there, you know, that didn't exist even just a few years ago. So I think it's a really valuable opportunity for, um, for seven figure sellers and, and even, you know, up and coming sellers to, to reach that level as they scale. I agree. I think one to 2%, if you asked anyone to add it back to your bottom line without too much of a, a hassle and there's nothing you have to do, I think mm -hmm. a lot of people, I think they, I think they say yes. <laughs> I yeah, don't think there's too yeah. many people to say no in that regard. So yeah. 
shout out to Gadidin. We actually have Uni on uh, tomorrow, so we'll be excited to hear more about that more in depth uh, yeah. tomorrow. So if you're if you're tuning in and you need to mark that down, uh, we just released the details on that. So make sure you subscribe to our channel as well. So, but but Gary, I know we're running a little on time, but what what about uh, tips? Uh, tip yes. Five on that. Yeah. Tip five you know, is, um, you know, with all of the high costs we're seeing this year in the Wild West, you know, with the shipping, with the raw material costs, the PPC costs, the real you you guys, everybody really needs to focus on profitability. I mean, you you really have to know your numbers. Um, you know, it starts with supply chain. You know, one thing that a lot of sellers overlook, I find, is the um negotiating with your suppliers right i mean the price you know some sellers may have gotten an initial price quote that they got like two years ago and um you know they've grown over time and you know there there's certain economies of scales that can be achieved you may be able to get a better price quote um and then as at the time that we're talking right now we're just um wrapping up chinese new year if you're sourcing from china and the suppliers are coming back you know um one of the little known fact is Chinese companies, they oper operate by the Chinese New Year. So their financial calendar actually ends pre-Chinese New Year and the new calendar begins after Chinese New Year. And that's the time a lot of seller, a lot of suppliers, manufacturers will adjust their pricing. So you may be in for a price increase. But so the key thing is be prepared. You really have to know your numbers, see how much um, if they come at you, you, you have to negotiate that. Right. Um, there's also many other things you can negotiate with your suppliers, you know, payment terms, you know, cash flow is key. Right. We're seeing, you know, lead times now, you know, it used to be you, know, you can get a, a container from from China. I mean, if you place an order, you can get it within like 60 days. Now we're seeing like, you know, 120 days. Right. You know, look at your cash flow, negotiate better payment terms. You know, I can go on um, for a long time about this because, you know, this was something that I, you know, I've, I've really been doing for many years. But. Um, just one quick example that I'd like to share with you guys is, you know, look at ways to cut your cost of goods sold. And sometimes you have to think outside the box, right? Um, I interviewed Ken Wilson and David Schomer. These are two seven figure sellers based in the Midwest America. And they previously sourced from China, but then they found a way to move their manufacturing to the US. So they shared in, at the seven figure seller, their complete roadmap, how they self manufacture in the US. Um, even though the labor cost may be higher, they were able to cut their bottom line product landed costs. And uh, they also saved on their delivery lead times. So they cut their lead time sourcing from China, which took about four months to down to four days. You know, think about it, four days delivery. Like they wow, literally okay. the bought days. out. <laughs> yeah, they bought literally like bought out their their barn, their neighbor's barn across the street and then they, they clean it out. Um, it, it's a super fascinating case study. Um, but ultimately, they lowered their product landed costs this way. Um, obviously, not every product can be made in the US, but there could be an opportunity. So it goes back to the first big takeaway, right? Resiliency, you got to execute quickly, pivot, right? Maybe if your supplier partnership is not working out, look at alternate waves, right? Um, so you, you got to know your numbers and, you know, other tools like ping pong, right? Ping pong is an excellent example of you're selling internationally. If you're paying, if you're sourcing internationally, if you want to pay your, your overseas suppliers, ping pong offers super competitive rates. You can lower your money transfer wire fees. And also if you're selling internationally, like in Europe or Japan, you can bring back those foreign currencies back to your home currency at lower fees. So even if you can save a couple percentage points there, 
um, you know, that's still money back in your pocket. So um, it, it's so key right now with the high cost, you got to focus on profitability. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you take everything that I talk about all the time with know your numbers, things change. You can either uh, supply, uh, you work with suppliers overseas and have it manufactured here in the United States or put together in the United States. There's a lot of different iterations. Again, the world, the world is somewhat your oyster, but you have to know your numbers at the end of the day. If it's too, too much, you have to find a plan B or C or D. Um, same with sourcing logistics. You have to, you, I mean, logistics wise, we saw a lot of people have inventory on the water. If it's yeah. closer, like you said, in the United States, four day turnaround, that's not bad. I think every person would take that. They pay their arm and their leg if they could get that if uh, at this juncture in their business. But that, I mean, that, I'm, I'm assuming that leads into key takeaway number six of, uh, of yes. what you have. Yes. Yeah, so take, the last takeaway, last but not least, is exits and selling your business, which is the end game for a lot of sellers. Um, if you look at a seller's like lifetime, um, like salary from a business, usually over 50% will come from the, the exit or selling it. Um, so the key is to build a roadmap, uh, build a roadmap to kind of re reverse engineer your, your exit. Right. I mean, even, you know, right now, you know, as I mentioned at the top, we're seeing very high multiples, you know, just a few years ago, a three X multiple was considered really good. And today we're seeing a five X to seven X multiple. I mean, that's double. We're seeing that it's almost like the, the property market. It's super hot right now, but you got to build a roadmap. Right. So um, I spoke with Paul Miller. He's a seven figure seller. He's also um, he's the host of Amazing Exits podcast, and he shared um one best practice is you, you got to put down your your goal like how much money do you want to net at the end of the day when you sell your business for example it could be a million dollars in the bank right you know after taxes um and give yourself a time time frame you know you, let's say you want to do it in 12 months right so you really got to break it down to the nuts and bolts how many products do you need to launch within the next period how much capital you need make sure you have enough cash flow lending um you really have to reverse engineer it you can't just like come as you go and then just expect to exit uh, tomorrow, right? I mean, the smart sellers, they've really crafted this. They built their roadmap in advance. So you, we've interviewed a number of sellers that are sharing their story that you guys can learn from at the summit. And then as an additional bonus for those of you guys that are already, you know, considering an exit, I, the most common thing that sellers overlook before they exit is with, um, seller discretionary earnings or SDE, and then more specifically our ad backs. So what are ad backs? These could be um, your own, like your salary, you pay yourself as a business owner, even your credit card points or software tools that you use, right? By adding this back, you're able to get a multiple on every dollar that you add back. Um, so I I also, I highly recommend that there's a book out there by um, Joe Valley. He's one of the co-founders of Quiet Light Brokerage. It's called the Exitpreneur's Playbook. And in one of the chapters there, he really lists all of the addbacks. And he's a speaker on the summit as well. Um, so that could add a lot to your bottom line. It could be um, tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. So um, takeaway number six, exits, you know, build your roadmap to your evaluation. Uh, make sure you um, consider all of these addbacks as well. Absolutely. Gary, that, that's amazing as always. And when, when you drop these names, I'm so lucky to even just have a, a conversation like we do today uh, with some of these guys. Um, but of course, this is not 
all this is these are just this is scratching the surface man this is this is the tease of, of the ultimate tease of all the things you're going to probably be learning about in the seven figure seller summit so for people out there are that are saying i'm sold gary where do i need to go to get all the great details how do i do it like these great people how do i do yeah that? Yeah, so I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg, and we're happy to offer a free pass to everybody joining us today. Uh, all you have to do is go to sevenfiguresellersummit.com and to get your free pass, we're launching February 28th, Monday through March 4th. Friday, it's a five day event, and then you can get for a limited time, you can watch the sessions every day where there's going to be a different focus from mindset fundamentals to marketing PPC to scaling to profits to exits. Um, and then something new that we're doing this year, um, you know, we've listened to a lot of our um, attendees feedback and we're we're adding new coffee breakout rooms so every day there will be a kind of like a networking coffee hour um every day at 1 p.m eastern and it's free to attend only if you get your free pass so you know one of my favorite parts about going to an in-person conference is you know talking to other sellers talking to you know the speakers um so sometimes you know serendipitously you meet someone you know maybe they're um you can ask them some questions about their business or even find a potential mastermind partner you know, ultimately for the long run, I think that could be super valuable. So, I mean, there's so many other things that that we've added. Uh, we don't have time to mention all the details. So highly recommend you check it out. Um, get a free pass at sevenfiguresellersummit.com. And also thank you to Ping Pong for sponsoring and supporting. Um, Ryan is going to give an awesome session uh, presentation as well about capital management, really cracking the code. Um, I'm super excited for that. So highly recommend that you guys check it out. Yeah, me too. Uh, we were talking about this pre-show uh less than 24 hours will be turning around and recording this uh great value add for people and again the the names are just crazy the people are bringing the content last year i was super excited to be invited back i'm really excited to to share this insights as well for everyone who again it's free to sign up and you can't yes. really go and around if i can that. add if i can just add one more thing yeah um, for one sure. thing that sets us apart because we do have a very high bar to to reach because we were voted favorite amazon conference so with all of these speakers i kind of twisted their arms guys i asked them please present something unique something new not something you've presented you know just last month at some other event so um, these guys are bringing their A game, and I, I, I'm super excited. You know, a lot of these speakers they've spent so much time presenting, uh, preparing their trainings. I think it's going to be super valuable, guys. So, um, if there's just one thing uh, that you check out this year, highly recommend you join Seven Figure Seller Summit. Even though you know I am the founder and host, <laughs> I mean that's that's um, no bias. I'm doing here. everything. Yeah, I mean that's my mission. I really want to help you guys build skill and exit your your businesses. Well, it is truly a great value add, and I I think it only it's a testament to the programming that you put in, the people you bring in. Again, it's not stale. You bring in new people every year. Almost like half the people are are new, and you have people that are coming back that share different things. It's not a, a cyclical thing that people can just share. Just like Amazon, people have to continuously learn and grow and build on. What they've learned in the past so that being said gary if again we already linked it out sevenfiguresellersummit.com is the is the website how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more or just uh connect with you yeah um best way to connect with me is um you can connect to me over instagram it's my name gary huang 8020 on instagram um and you can connect to me by email as well but my inbox will be a little flooded so <laughs> you're busy I man. Think, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll get to it, but the quickest way will be over Instagram. So, I know. I feel like I have yeah. like four different conversations going on with you and all the different mediums. So <laughs> no worries here. <laughs> but hey, yeah. Gary, thanks so much for hopping on as a friend of the show. Um, I'm excited to present uh, at the summit uh, and you know really bring value again to all the sellers out there. But thanks so much for sharing your top takeaways from the seven figure sellers on today you're very welcome yes and thank you for having me ryan and good luck to everybody out there it is the wild west of e-commerce and we hope to be able to help you uh, grow your business and see you guys at seven figure seller summit absolutely go sign up and thank you so much gary for your time this morning there in japan um friend of the show gary wong of seven figure seller summit thanks everyone again also for tuning in and Coming on Crossover Commerce, this is episode 218 of this amazing show. Again, apologies for the setup here. We're working on tweak, doing a little tweaks here. Uh, not the traditional uh, studio setup that we have on episodes past, but it is all good here. Hopefully you guys took a lot of learnings from this episode. I always do. I always take notes with Gary. I'm here writing in the size below all my uh, <laughs> all my computers and monitors here. Uh, just great content. I'm excited to be presenting for that. So make sure you go sign up today. Again, the link's below. If you're listening to the show notes uh, or listening to us, it's going to be available in the show notes. And just subscribe to the different email blasts that Gary has. There's so much great content that he has that comes and fills your inbox. It's great content that you don't want to miss out on. So make sure you go and sign up for today. And of course, Ping Pong Payments is there for that ride as well. Again, go sign up today. Uh, it's coming out quickly um, at gojo7figuresellersummon.com. With that being said, thanks for joining me for part two of today's podcasting episodes. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Again, I kind of alluded to er earlier in the episode back with Gatita and uh, Yoni Mazur. We're going to be talking about, let me go flash it up there, FBA auditing and reimbursements with Yoni Mazur, uh, the CGO, the chief growth officer over and co-founder of Gatita. He will be on again tomorrow. That's it for me on episode 218. Um, I'm Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time. Take care.